going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking a Bunch of Hoopla. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Well, technically, when you're hearing this, we'll be post Super Bowl Monday, and you'll know who uh, won Super Bowl 54 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I'm personally, I think I've said in previous podcasts that I'm going for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Not that I have like a bias toward any team or anything, I just think overall they have a better team than San Francisco, uh, especially because you have Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the offensive side, and their defensive line is really good, and having Tyron Matthew in the D-back position is also a great help. I also have a bet, two technically, sorry, two technical, I don't know what I'm saying, two bets going um, for Super Bowl. One's just between a guy um, I work with. Um, it's just for 20 bucks, so he went 49ers, I said Chiefs. And I have another bet, which I'm really hoping Kansas City wins for me, because the bet is uh, if Kansas City wins, the guy that I'm betting has to wear a Ravens shirt of my choice, and he has to buy it, and then I get the shirt like the next time he washes it or whatever. So I get a free shirt out of it, and I get to like, talk shit today. And But if I lose, and Kansas City Chiefs lose, I have to wear a Patriot shirt to work of his choice that he eventually will get to keep after I wash it, of course. So as much as I, you know, don't want to wear a Patriot shirt, I will keep up with that bet if that is the case because I'm a man of my word. So uh, Kansas City, please, <laughs> please just don't make me go in wearing a fucking Patriot shirt to work because uh, it's going to be the worst day of my life as much as I hate the Patriots anyway. Speaking of the Patriots, though, uh, a few days ago, Tom Brady posted this, like, cryptic tweet on his Twitter account. It was, like, a black-and-white photo. And people, and it's, like, him in, like, the tunnel of uh, the stadium. And people are trying to figure out whether or not he's, like, coming in or leaving or whatever. Uh, according to, like, Ian Rappaport and a couple other sources I saw on Twitter, that uh, it's just, like, a teaser for a Super Bowl commercial. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, a TV12 thing or something with his career or whatever. I don't know. But that's pretty much, that's been, like, the talk of the last few days. People trying to figure out, what does it mean? Oh, is he leaving the stadium? Oh, he's coming back to New England. Actually, he's walking away from his career in New England onto a new opportunity somewhere else. It's like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Not that I, it's not that I don't think it's fun or I'm being, like, a killjoy or anything, but it's like, just wait and find out. Like, it's, I, I'm not trying to, like, fucking go on this manhunt to figure out the answer to this, but it's it's going to be answered eventually. Tom Brady's not the kind of guy that's going to just leave something open-ended. It's like, hey, try to figure this out. <laughs> it's going to be crazy, and you never know what it means. I know what it means, but I like your interpretations actually more. It's like, he'll post something to obviously get attention because he's Tom Brady, and he's going to answer it eventually. So I'm sure at one point, I don't know when, during the Super Bowl, his little teaser commercial thing will air... I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a whole like I'm returning to New England kind of thing or he's like I'm exploring new opportunities and you know best of luck or to or maybe it's like a Kobe Bryant tribute which is most likely where I think it's going to go uh, more than anything because I don't, I don't think he's ever had a commercial himself for him advertising anything of his own brand um, not that he couldn't afford it because he easily could but he's never done anything like that so my guess is it's a Kobe Bryant um, tribute so we'll see after um but this podcast is going to be like in two halves so the first half of the first half of it excuse me is going to be pre-super bowl obviously it's currently when i'm recording this like 
three forty-two on you know before the game. The game starts at like six thirty. So, you know, just kind of just figuring out what's going to happen. Talking about some other things beforehand, and then you know, second half will be a post Super Bowl kind of recap, explaining how exciting it was, or how terrible it went, or how one team dominated the other, or how Patrick Mahomes somehow broke like eight Super Bowl records, and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey have done things that no other receivers have done in NFL history type shit. Or how Jimmy Garoppolo has the greatest game in NFL uh, Super Bowl history, or how Monster broke every running record apparently for a Super Bowl or how Niners defense is just shitting on Patrick Mahomes all game and then just kicking his shit in or whatever the case may be for after this game. Um, betting wise, I've seen like a bunch of different things for this because I've seen, uh, what do you call it? Like different over-unders for everything and it's it the generic, not generic, the general consensus um, is that it's a pretty. It's going to be a close game that they all believe. Uh, let me see what the exact numbers are, so I don't give you lies. Give me one second. I don't know why I'm saying that. Like you're in a rush or you're gonna fucking whatever. Um, let's see here. So the the odds are spread is Chiefs by one. Point totals fifty four. Odds Forty Nine ers minus one hundred five. Chiefs minus one fifteen. Uh, the Chiefs opened at 1.5 favorites right after the AFC and NFC Championship games. Super Bowl 54, Super Bowl 54 has pretty much been a pick'em game. The point total has kept creeping upwards as everyone's been taking the over hard. Um, and then this page talks about like their all-time series and how the 49ers have a seven-to-six game win, uh, str- like you know, win streak, I guess, or whatever, over the Chiefs over the last however many years they've been playing. Um, and these are some trends that uh, SportingNews.com has reported. Uh, the 49ers were 11-6-1 against the spread before Super Bowl 54. The Chiefs were 13-5. Uh, 53% of betters are siding with the Chiefs' uh, ATS in a Super Bowl. I don't know what ATS is. Like, I go against the spread or against... I don't I don't know anything about betting, but I'm assuming it's against the spread in the Super Bowl. Uh, the 49ers had 99 excuse me, of 18 games go over. Uh, the Chiefs had 10 of 18 games go over. A whopping 70% of betters like the game to go over the extremely high total. Um, the 49ers have won and covered in straight big games and have covered or pushed in seven of their past nine games. The Chiefs have won and covered in eight straight games in nine of the past ten. So, yeah, that's that. If you're a, you know, you're a betting kind of person, you know, if you're into that kind of shtick, because... I'm super not into that. I don't like making making bets of like that kind of like nature. It's I find it funny how you see people bet like five hundred thousand dollars on games like this because it's like they have the, the money and you know they can lose five hundred k and not fucking sweat it. But the bets that I want to see are like people betting everything. It's like I want to. I'm betting my house. I'm betting my kids. I'm betting my wife. You know I don't know how I'm legally able to do that, but I'm betting our relationship. And if whoever wins it, I could figure it out from there. I'm betting my dog. Whoever whoever wins gets my dog. You know, you want my you want my job? Take my job. I'm betting my job. That's the bets I want to see. But sadly, we don't get those because oh, people want to bet money. <laughs> um, on to something else. Uh, the other day, uh, as of what two yesterday, the day before, depending on when you're hearing this, of course, they announced the 2020 class for the NFL Hall of Fame. Do a quick rundown. You have Steve Atwater. Who played for the Broncos from 1989 to 1998? Played for the Jets in 1999. Snine, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, 
This is his. Uh, he was a Hall of Fame finalist for three years. Uh, he's been eligible for sixteen. Uh, he was a safety. Um, played eleven seasons. And you have next. You have Isaac Bruce, a um, wide receiver. He was a Hall of Fame finalist four times. This was his sixth year of eligibility. Uh, he played from the L.A. slash St. Louis Rams between nineteen ninety four and two thousand seven. And played a season with the San Francisco 49ers. Played for 16 seasons. Then you have uh, Steve Hutchinson. Uh, he was an offensive guard. He was a Hall of Fame finalist for three years. This was his third year of eligibility. Uh, he played for Seahawks from 2001 to 2005. Uh, the Vikings, 2006 to 2011. And the Tennessee Titans in the year of 2012. Played 12 seasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Edron James, my favorite player in this draft class, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why I'm hiding it like it's a secret. It's a little sneaky secret. Um, Hall of Fame finalist for four years. This is his sixth year of eligibility. He was a running back. Played for the Colts between 1999 and 2005. Played for the Cardinals in 2006, 2008. And then ended his career with the Seahawks in 2009. Played 11 seasons. And he had safety Troy Palomalu. This was his first year of eligibility. His first year as a finalist. Uh, he played from the Steelers, uh, for the Steelers, excuse me. From 2003 to 2014, played 12 seasons with them. Um, then you have the, uh, what do you call it, the Centennial State uh, Enshrinees, in, in, in uh, inductees. You have uh, former head coach Bill Cowher, uh, coached 15 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers between 1982 and 2006, as you know, won his share of Super Bowls and so on and so forth. Uh, former head coach Jimmy Johnson. Uh, was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys from 1989 to 1993. Uh, was also the head coach of the Dolphins from 1996 to 1999. Head coach for nine seasons. This was his second uh, year as a Hall of Fame finalist, and he's been eligible for 16 years. Then you have Steve Sable. Um, he was an administrator and president of NFL Films. Um, he was. This was his first year as an NFL finalist. Um yeah, he was a he worked for NFL Films from 1964 to 2012, and he sadly passed away in the year of 2012 at the age of 69. Then you have uh, Paul Tagliabue, former NFL commissioner. Um, he was the NFL commissioner from 1989 to 2006. Was doing that for 17 seasons. You have George Young, former contributor and general manager, was the Baltimore Colts. Uh, GM from 1968 to 1974, then was working with the Dolphins from 75 to 78. Uh, Giants, 79 to 1997, and then was a contributor in the NFL from 98 to 2001. Was in the league for 34 years. Uh, sadly passed away in the year of 2001 at the age of 71. Then you have Harold Carmichael, a uh, former wide receiver. This is his first year as a finalist, been eligible for 31 years. Uh, played for the Eagles from 71 to 83, and then played for the Cowboys in 84. Played for 14 seasons. Um, yeah. Then you have Jim Covert. Sorry, Jimbo Covert was a, a tackle. Played uh, played for the Bears in 83 to 90. Played for eight seasons. Uh, he was in, he's been eligible for 25 years. Bobby Dillon, former safety, uh, played for the Green Bay Packers from 52 to 59. Played eight seasons. Has been eligible for 58 years. Congrats to him. Sadly, he did pass away at the age of 89 last year in August in Temple, Texas. You have Cliff Harris, former safety. Uh, played for the Cowboys from 70 to 79. Um, he's been eligible for 36 years. He played 10 seasons. And you have Winston Hill. Uh, he's been eligible for 38 years. He was a tackle. 
Uh, he played in the AFL slash NFL, played for the Jets from 63 to 76, and the Rams in 77, played for 15 years, uh, passed away at the age of 74 in 2016. Then you have Alex Karras, or Carraris, however you say it. He was a D tackle. He's been eligible for 45 years. He played from 58 to 62, and then played uh, again for the Detroit Lions in 64 to 70, played 12 seasons. Uh, he passed away in L.A. Uh, at the age of 77 in 2012. You have Donnie Sch- uh, Shell, who was a safety, uh, played from the Steelers from 74 to 87, had 28 years of eligibility, 14 seasons. And then you have, let's see who else, Duck, Duke Slater, uh, was a tackle. This is his 58th year of eligibility. Uh, he played from he played for the Milwaukee Badgers in 1922. Uh, played for the Rock Island Independents from 22 to 25. Played for the Chicago Cardinals from 1926 to 1931. Played for 10 seasons uh, and died in 1966 at the age of 67. With Jesus Christ, that man played a long time ago. Of course, Max Speedy was an end. Um, had This was his 58th year of eligibility. Uh, played in the AAFC in the NFL. He played for the Cleveland Browns between 1946 and 52. Played for seven seasons. Passed away at the age of 73 in 1993. Uh, then you have Ed Sprinkle. Was a D-end linebacker and an end as well. Another end. From He played from 44 to 55. This was his 58th year of eligibility. He played for the Chicago Bears. It was his 12th season. He played in. He played 12 seasons. Passed away at the age of 90 in 2014. And that's all of that for the Hall of Fame class of 2020. Um, there were some people felt there were some, you know, snubs this past year. Um, but that's that happens every year. You're going to have people that are kind of upset because someone didn't make it and yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, there's it's not like it's baseball where you have like a certain amount of time of eligibility and things like that. Um, there's guys who get nominated, like I said, dudes who've played fucking in the 20 are still getting nominated, so everyone just be patient, and your time will come. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, everyone's now talking about the 2021 class, so some of the names that could be, you know, elected for 2021 are as follows. You have Peyton Manning, you have Charles Woodson, Tony Baselli, Patrick Willis, Rondé Barber, uh, in the senior kind of uh, grouping, you have Ken Anderson, and there's a bunch of more players, but that's kind of like the big names for 2021. So it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, obviously, Peyton Manning is going to be getting in. That's not even that's not even a question. Um, Charles Woodson, same thing, is most likely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, so who else is? Oh, Calvin Johnson will be available as well. Jared Allen. Um, let's see who else. I, it's kind of all the names I'm seeing else that I haven't read off already. There's going to be a bunch of other senior players, too. They're going to get elected and more contributors and owners and GMs and such like that. So, And probably older players as well. So, Yeah, before I go, though, I do want to say the XFL is starting uh, this weekend. And I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Uh, mainly because, you know, all these spring leagues that you see usually tend to fail after a year or two. Uh, I mean, the most successful that we've seen was probably the USFL in, like, the 1980s. They had guys like Jim Kelly, Herschel Walker. I believe Marcus Allen played. I know Steve Young played. And, like, a bunch of other quarterbacks uh, within all of that play as well. 
made a bunch of money. Yet, this time around, the XFL um, doesn't have huge name stars, but they have familiar names like Connor Cook, Cardell Jones. Um, oh, God, there's more quarterbacks that I can't remember. Like a bunch of other players that I can't think of at the moment. Not that it's super important, but another spring league is interesting. You know, hopefully this one works out. It does seem this time around that they've taken this way more serious. Um, you know, it seems like even the first time that the XFL was around, it was more like a gimmick, it felt like, and them just trying to, like, capitalize on how big the WWE was at the time, or the WWF, excuse me, and, you know, making it kind of like a mix between, like, sports entertainment and then, you know, sports, which didn't really work because it only lasted a year, barely. But this time, you know, seems like they're actually putting more effort in. They want to make it work and... You know, uh, Andrew Luck, his father, uh, Oliver Luck is the commissioner. There's a bunch of former NFL head coaches uh, and NFL just coaches in general involved in this. So there's a lot of, you know, professional experience that was there that then it really was the first time around. Just curious to see how well they do financially, because um, obviously last year the AAF was the big talk of the town and that was kind of working for a bit. And then that itself kind of crumbled up and then got, you know, tossed out very quickly and everyone's kind of forgotten about that, it seems like. <sighs> so, you know, the XFL is now here and it's trying its term at being a spring league, you know, to get football fans still invested in football after um, the NFL is over for the year. And But, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I want to go see an XFL game because I'm not too far from New York and there is a New York team. And I imagine tickets aren't going to be that expensive. But, you know, so the teams that they do have, they have the Dallas Renegades, D.C. Defenders, L.A. Wildcats, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, uh, Seattle Dragons, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Two, three, four, five, six. I feel like I'm missing a team. Let me just double check that because there's eight teams I only said. Yeah, Tampa Bay, Seattle, St. Louis, New York, L.A., D.C., and Dallas. Okay, so that's that's all of them, but... Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I mean, hopefully it does last more than a season. Um, so I know the big thing, too, is what will probably happen is they're going to try new things out that the NFL hasn't tried or has been curious about trying and let them test it out. And then once or if the XFL folds, that the NFL will just take that and then just run it for themselves because they've done that with the USFL, did it with the AAF. They did it with a bunch of other spring leagues of, of that nature. So but let me know your thoughts as well. So in the next part here, where I'm going to cut it soon, uh, it's going to be the post-Super uh, Bowl reaction to see whether or not between the Chiefs and Fortnite's won and how that went. So uh, my prediction fully is the Chiefs 42, uh, 49ers 39. Uh, I just believe Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey are going to just just do something, probably going to break some Super Bowl records and do something crazy. So we'll see how that goes. Also, um, tweet me. I know at some point this will be kind of too late, but, you know, tweet me your pre-predictions that you had and now your post-reactions to the NFL Super Bowl. I said it like it's not, you're not familiar with the Super Bowl. Um, all my social medias will be in the description of this, or you can just go to Twitter or Instagram at some internet show. I'm on their tweet and everything like that. Uh, I'm also on Byte. It's a new, like, uh, from the former creators of Vine, and I kind of post kind of funny stuff on there as well if you're interested in that. So you can follow me there. And yeah, so uh, enjoy the rest of this podcast. Super Bowl 54 is officially over, and the Kansas City Chiefs 
are Super Bowl champions. Uh, congratulations are in order to Patrick Mahomes, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, congrats are also in order to Andy Reid, uh, his first as a head coach. Uh, he did win one as an assistant, I believe, with the Green Bay Packers back in the day. So, you know, congrats to him. And also congrats to every single player, uh, coach, you know, front office, uh, employee, owners of the Kansas City Chiefs because it's been a long fucking time since they've won a Super Bowl. I believe it's been 54 years, if my understanding is correct, which, my God, that's a long, long time to be uh, losers. Big old, dumb old losers. Nonetheless, um, overall, I thought it was a really good game. You know, it was close for a while. Um, it, it, it went kind of how I expected it to go. I didn't expect, like, a blowout or anything. I mean, 11 points is still, you know, not a blowout, but it's still pretty, you know, pretty big fucking lead. We should know by now that Patrick Mahomes is becoming the comeback god. This man does this for a living, literally. So this is his third comeback. Um, and he's just, just doing the damn thing. Just playoffs, that man's different. You know, that man's fucking different. So here are the stats, though, for this game. So Patrick Mahomes went 26 for 42, had 286 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Damian Williams had 17 carries, 104 yards, one touchdown. Mahomes also ran for nine rushes, uh, 29 yards, and a touchdown as well. Tyreek Hill, though, Fucking shocker, had uh, nine receptions for 105 yards. Uh, Sammy Watkins had a great game, five receptions, 98 yards. Kelsey and Damian Williams both had receiving touchdowns, respectively. And then you had um, Bashad Breland and Kendall Fuller with uh, interceptions against the 49ers. Uh, let's see what how many sacks we have. Frank Clark had a sack, and that seems to be it, even though they pressured Jimmy G a lot, but... I will say, though, uh, 49ers played well in the beginning. First half, they seemed to be playing strong. They seemed like they had it for a bit. Because um, going into the halftime, it was 10-10. And then 49ers were like, Yo, we're going to we're gonna piss y'all off for a good quarter to you know make it 20-10. And then the, the Chiefs put up 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, which is fucking insane, by the way. That's 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 fucking crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo though went twenty for thirty one on two hundred nineteen yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. The running game though for Forty Nineers was shut the fuck down. Uh, Raheem Mostert had twelve carries for fifty yards and a touchdown. Um, receiving wise, still nothing crazy. The person who had the most yards was uh, Kendrick Bourne with two receptions on fifty two yards. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, had a touchdown. And uh, you had people like Fred Warner and there was and Trave- uh, Tavarius Moore had both had interceptions. While you had uh, Earl Mitchell had half a sack. Uh, Nick Bosa had a sack. DeForest Bunkner uh, had a half sack and a half. Uh, Jaquiski Tart had a sack. And that's it for that. But yeah, overall, congrats to Kansas City again. Um See, it's tough because like I love Jimmy G. I'm a I'm a big Jimmy G supporter, but yeah, this game like second half he looked fucking rough. Like, like it was like what you looked strong in the first half. You know there were a little bit of things where I was like, all right, you know you, you can work on it, but yeah, I don't I don't know. This is this is bad. Like I don't and 
yeah, he needs to get. I don't like criticizing people like this because obviously he's the NFL, so he's obviously capable enough to you know do his job. And I'm just a, a, a fan sitting at home who makes podcasts talking about sports. But yo, he needs to do something in the offseason because they're not gonna win a Super Bowl if this man plays like this. Obviously, it's not 100% his fault. You know, the Kansas City defense played really well in the second half of the game. They were pressuring him really well, you know, make, forcing him out of the pocket to making him uncomfortable, make these bad throws, which, again, not completely his fault. That's an offensive line issue, but there was times where some of the passes Jimmy G was throwing, it was like, yo, what the fuck is good, bro? Are you okay? What are you doing? You're not playing like a $100 million man right now. You're playing like a fucking $4 million man right now. So, nonetheless, uh, I apologize to 49 fans. I will say you guys are on the up and up. I know your defense is obviously fucking great, and that's not even a question. I'm sure you'll keep the main. Hopefully, you'll keep all the big pieces and everybody you need for next season. Because usually, that turnaround after the Super Bowl is always when teams are either kind of like kind of go down a bit because they lose a bunch of players in free agency or trades, or you know they kind of they kind of get back to that playoff contention, but they're not there yet. But then maybe like another year or two, they get back to there and win a Super Bowl maybe or, you know, kind of kind of plateau for a bit. Um, bigger question, though, is this the start of a Chiefs-Patrick Mahomes dynasty? Honestly, I'm not sure, and I'm not going to say yes yet because obviously it's been a few hours since they won a Super Bowl. So I'll be like, it's, they're the new fucking Patriots. Everybody get your hate out. It's time to hate Kansas City. Fuck them and fuck everybody who loves them. It's not that at all. But they have the potential. I mean, their offense is really good. You know, they have a great core in, you know, Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Like, those three are just a great combination. Um, Whether or not Sammy Watkins comes back next year is a question. Uh, I saw a report earlier today before the game that he's contemplating coming back in 2020. So, we'll see with that. I mean, he, he was a good piece and a big piece this year as well. The running game needs some work, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, obviously, having uh, McCoy out for a bit doesn't help. And I mean, Damian Williams had a good year, but not the year that we all wanted him to have, more or less. But obviously, you, you know, you do the best you fucking can, obviously. Offensive line needs a little work. I'm not going to lie. That case, it's a it's a good offensive line, but the amount of pressure they got fucked, they let into Mahomes and him scrambling out of the pocket a lot was, it's not okay. Obviously... There's been plenty of times this season and last season where he's had a year and a half to throw the football. This man could have probably wrote a novel, could have took a bath, and still had a fucking completion. But the Super Bowl, though, he was getting pressured a lot. And that O-line was just looking a little rough, to be honest. So those are probably, my opinion, things they need to work on. But defensively, they're solid. You know, uh, their D-line's solid, maybe some kind of upgrades in the linebacker kind of area if, if I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be a little gonna be a little brutal right now. D back wise could probably use some help as well. I mean Tyron Matthews played well and they have some other guys, but you know they want I would assume you want to get kind of more veteran experience and bigger names out there, quote unquote, to really bolster that defense. But again, it's only been like a couple hours after the Super Bowl's over when I'm recording this, so it's all speculation. But again, it was a great game. I will say, though, uh, that halftime show, wow. Th- I, and that was a performance 
And to be honest, I know people are going to feel how they feel because there was some Spanish hanging in that. But it's like, you guys realize they're in fucking Miami and a giant population of Miami is uh, Latin or how people want to call it Spanish, however you want to uh, label it. So uh, fucking deal with that. I thought J-Lo and Shakira fucking killed it. Uh, the performance by Bad Bunny and uh, J Balvin were great. Uh, sure, I'm not a Spanish speaker myself, but music sounded great. Uh, sounded real good, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I thought it was one of the better performances of recent years. Because who the fuck performed last year? Wasn't that a... I'm trying to figure it out. Honestly, I was surprised, though, to not see Pitbull, Mr. 305. Because, like, that's that's his that's his like life you know that's who he is he's mr 305 i expect mr 305 to be you know mr 305 doing mr 305 things so i'm a little disappointed in that that would have fucking took the super bowl halftime show to like the next level sure people don't like pitbull but dude's got hits just fucking accept it it is what it is okay it, it is what it is last year was uh travis scott big boy See, I don't even remember because that shit was just not. It was okay. Um, they did play like a bleep, a, a bleep, a brief clip of the SpongeBob halftime show uh, during that episode of SpongeBob, which was uh, cool. Um, let's see who else performed. I feel like there was someone else that I don't remember. I'm looking and looking. It doesn't say anybody, but oh, Maroon Five. Yeah, I didn't really care for Maroon Five last year, but yeah. Even like 2018, I think, yeah, Justin Timberlake was all right. The whole Prince thing was weird because Prince has a whole issue with like holograms and shit like that. He was like, he was dead by then, but still it's fucking weird. Um, Lady Gaga had a good one. Uh, who else? 50. Who was 50? Let's see. Oh, that was Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Coldplay. Yeah, I don't fuck with Coldplay personally. Not a Coldplay fan. They kind of ruined that one for me a little bit. I know it's a controversial, it's a hot take, but let's talk about Jehuba. That's what we fucking do here. Um, Beyonce and uh, Bruno Mars killed that one though So But yeah overall I thought this was one of the better ones um, I know a lot of people though Turned down the halftime show due to the whole Colin Kaepernick NFL issue Which is fair you know, That's their opinion they want to respect that Because we probably would have had different artists The last couple of years if that was the case But still got a great performance Out of Shakira uh, J-Lo, uh, Bad Bunny and J Balvin So shout out to them Again Still a little sad we didn't get Mr. 305, the Mr. Pitbull and the king of Miami, but hey, it is what it is. Hopefully we get a response from him soon about why he didn't perform because I'm a little disappointed. As you can tell, I'm really hurt because this, this is, I think Miami, I think Mr. 305. I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent here about Pitbull. I'm going to stop. It's getting a little weird. But um, yeah, uh, that's all I got for today. Before I go, though. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? What were your thoughts? Uh, were you happy Casey won? Were you sad or happy that 49ers lost? Or were you like, you know what? I had a great time with people I was with. Had a great game. Had great food. Or, you know, did you work? You know, let me know. Let me know what's going on. Tell me your thoughts, your feelings, all that. You can tweet me or Instagram me or bite me at some internet show and all that. It's in some internet show everywhere you look for social media wise. Um. Yeah, all the links to, you know, if you want to share it, I wish I would appreciate it if you share it and rate it personally. It's a little my opinion, if I'm going to be honest. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Anchor. Uh, working on getting on YouTube soon, though. We're working on that. 
and you know any other third party apps you may use for podcast listening to uh, ear enjoyment I guess you can say that's a weird way to fucking say it but I did and here it is <laughs> so thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast I'm very sad football's over but hey still got basketball baseball's coming up hockey's a thing you know it's not just one sport here no I know I cover football a lot that is my bread and butter but now that football's over we're getting into the shit now y'all gonna hear me talk about some sports some multiple sports now it's gonna get serious um yeah that's all I got for today thank you again for taking the time to listen to this if you made it this far and I will see you all next Monday Monday I hope you like the little rendition of uh, Monday by uh, by me <laughs> all right have a good week everyone <laughs>